This is Window on the East, a podcast from BNE Intellinews. Subscribe at bne.eu. Hello, welcome to Window on the East with me, Ben Aris, the Editor-in-Chief of BNE Intellinews. Today I'm talking to Matthias Morgana, part of the Berlin Economics Belarusian team, who just released a paper after the Belarusian government introduced a series of legislative changes that could open up the country for some radical reform. Their paper asked if this is a paradigm shift or business as usual. So, good to be here. Um, things seem to be changing in Belarus, in so much as there was elections recently, we have for the first time some opposition candidates, but in addition to that, there is a whole new reform program. You recently wrote a, pa- a paper saying that, uh, suggesting there might be a change of paradigm, that the government seems to be trying to deal with its institutional problems, um, is going for more transparency, is going for a more rational structure to the investment process in order to pick the economy up. I mean, is that a fair assessment? Uh, thank you for um, inviting me for this interview, um, first foremostly. Um, well, I'm not sure whether um, this title which I suggested um, could be indeed applied to economic policy in the broader sense. Um, what we looked at at this particular paper um, was uh, the approach to um, state aid, if you want, so the government support uh, or government relations to um, state-owned enterprise. Now, um, knowing that um, about 70% of the Belarusian economy is dominated by state-owned enterprises, one could easily... Um, conclude that this is a fundamental, uh, fundamentally kind of new approach to economic policy in general. Um, this being said, um, what we have looked at is um, what they call state programs, um, uh, good old uh, five-year um, economic planning uh, cycle, and in particular, um, the role state-owned enterprises uh, play within these um, five-year program uh, cycles, this, this, the state programs. And the well, that's the thing, it's a country in transition and the government still dominates. And put aside the question of privatization, which is something everyone would, would recommend, um, there has been talk of that, but in the meantime, they're trying to take these state-owned enterprises and make them work more efficiently, aren't they? Part of the people in the government, and these are most likely um, the, the guys we we are working with, we are um, delivering our consultancy, our advisory to, and these are the guys who are requesting um, any insights analysis from our side. Part of the people in the government, and you can find them in the Ministry of Economy, you can find them in the Ministry of Finance, you can find them, uh, or until recently, you, um, you could find them in the, um, in the presidential administration. Um, these people are very much uh, progressive, reform-oriented, um, open-minded, call it whatever you want. Um, the bottom line is that they do appreciate um, that uh, the system we have with um, state interference, state involvement, government involvement in the economy, um, the way state-owned enterprises operate um, is not sustainable. It's simply not sustainable, and they are very uh, aware, we're very much aware of that. 
To what extent do you think this has um, been change in mentality has been brought on by the economic problems that not just Belarus is feeling, but everybody in the region is feeling. But in Belarus, it's actually particularly bad because they're so tightly tied to the Russian economy. Um, <laughs> who was first, um, the chicken or the egg? Um, do these um, people in the administration, do they... Um, share these insight, do they accept this wisdom because they see that the overall economic situation is problematic um, and they move towards any uh, change, reform, whatever um, in order to respond to um, an altered uh, situation or is it the other way around? I cannot tell you. I don't, I don't know. And then the bottom line is, just in pragmatic terms, it is going forward. There is a new note of liberalism, reform in the air in Minsk. That's the other. That's the other half to that story, um, which uh, exists, which is very much present. Um, and this is the old style die hard. Um, again, label them whatever you want. Um, you have a lot of them. The red directors. Absolutely. And you find them in, uh, in government institutions as well. Um, and, and this is kind of the big mystery um, which probably no one can really um, predict uh, on who in the end um, will prevail, who will win, um, whatever their, um, their, 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 their balance of... Of, of powers is like we uh, again just just to repeat the guys we are working with as German government financed um, Western European German um, economic advisors the guys we are working with are the reform oriented um, people so um, those who uh, may sit in neighboring uh, offices in the same government institutions um, and may hold equal power um, having uh, to put their signatures on the same documents just in different order. We simply don't know. Um, if those were not uh, there, reforms would proceed much faster. The fact that the reforms are not proceeding much faster um, is to be explained by the fact that um, it would be naive to assume that um, the reform-oriented um, people um, would be the only ones to take decisions. This is simply not the case. And talking about the specifics, you mentioned um, amongst the various state programs, agriculture is a high priority, and I think you said it is taking half of the state funding, is that right? I think it's even more, it's about two-thirds or something. Because um, agriculture is better, which is it's one of its great um, USPs, the selling points, and it has strong agriculture, it's already been trading uh, with the rest of Europe, uh, things like fish products or the, uh, the, the grain in particular. But how specifically um, is, are these state programs changed in order to make you know, investment into agriculture, for example, more effective? Um, good point highlighting <laughs> to the agricultural program. Um, first, what you say is right. The state program um, on supporting the agricultural sector, whatever that may be called in, 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 in detail, 
um, equals for about or amounts for about two thirds of the overall amount of state programs. Um, this alone, I think, um, tells quite a lot. Um, it tells about the importance uh, which the government in general um, pays towards the agricultural sector as a sector, the important sector of, uh, of the Belarusian economy. Um, now, when looking at the um, program, of the, at, at the very structure of how this um, state program for agriculture is um, set up, um, what indicators uh, it contains um, for to, to assess performance or success, um, you find that this program is, I would go as far as to say that this, that it, this does not deserve uh, to be called a program. It's not a state program in terms of uh, the logic which you find in this changed uh, legal framework, this changed approach towards competitive award of state aid, um, changed approach towards more uh, transparency, um, fair, uh, or an orientation towards innovation, um, providing state aid towards measures um, which help to reduce costs and to increase um, competi uh, competitivity. All these principles which um, are applied to other programs do not really apply to that specific program on agriculture. The state program on agriculture remains um, the same uh, Good old communist approach or planned economy approach to. Is that because um, it's, a, it's a social connection that so many people are employed, rely on? Probably, it's, probably it's probably it's it's, it's 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 the big thing. The, the question that everybody um, is afraid of to answer: um, what will happen, um, especially to rural areas in in, in the country, if. Um, the state-owned um, enterprises in the agricultural sector um, can no longer exist uh, because what they produce is not competitive, or at least it's not cost-covering. Uh, cost it may be competitive, but uh, all the, the products um, can be sold. Um, it's not for me to judge. The, but look, you, you, you mentioned quite a lot of exciting words there, like uh, transparency, competition, cost-effectiveness innovation. As I understand it, a lot of the subsidies are being gotten rid of, the, the automatic funding for state programs is being gotten rid of, that the state is putting in some of the money, but the bulk of the money has to come from retained earnings from the state enterprise itself. And it makes it sound like they're going to be put on a more sort of quasi-market basis in so much as, you know, they need to earn the profits in order to make the investments and the state's going to come and fund part of the program in order to make sure everything happens. But the, um, the onus on being successful is being thrown on the company and all of the automatic handouts that they used to get are being taken away or at least you have to prove you've been efficient or competitive or innovative in order to get that money. Is that the case? I agree with your assessment. Um, this, in theory, is the case. Can you give uh, me some examples of things that have changed along those lines? Um, wait a sec. <laughs> because, because, exactly, because what you mentioned is right in theory. Now, the big, uh, the big question um, to our understanding, to our assessment, is um, that 
Um, so far, what we have is a changed approach in in the legal framework. Mm -hmm. Now, what happens if um, the companies involved um, do not manage to raise um, that financing from uh, these own sources, pretty much as you described, from their own earnings or from um, loans which they which they raise on the market. I'm not talking here about the directed lending, um, which still kind of persists, or state guaranteed lending, which kind of uh, still uh, persists in that structure of financing uh, state programs, but um, this covers the share uh, of financing uh, by loans only to uh, roughly one half. So the other half um, of um, credit financing they have to raise on the market. Mm -hmm. Now we all know what the um, what the market situation is like and um, what the conditions are um, to raise a credit at a commercial bank. Now what happens, uh, the key question is, what happens if um, the companies do not manage to uh, contribute these shares of financing? And this is a question to which nobody um, has an answer yet. And it is just our fear um, that this may contradict, this may jeopardize um, the whole idea of this new approach based on competitive, transparent, objective evaluation-based criteria. If they um, do not manage, um, then there are two scenarios. One scenario, um, the old-style scenario, <laughs> the government just subsidizes them because the uh, objectives have to be met, the targets have to be met because it looks bad if you don't meet them or because um, the companies um, have to be supported because of the social impact uh, or God knows what because it, this is the way it's always been done. Now, this is the one scenario, then we don't need this new approach um, to, to state programs. It, then it remains um, nice words on paper, um, not worth the paper they're printed on. The other scenario is um, there is a realistic, there is a sober assessment. Um, and based on facts, based on objective evaluation criteria, preconditions for this, in, in principle, they are included in, in, the, in the methodology for these state programs. Um, but it needs to be done. Um, and it needs to be done independently. You cannot have the, uh, the ministry, the line ministry, um, doing the evaluation um, for the state-owned enterprise um, they are supervising. Um, in case such an assessment, such an evaluation um, is done, um, they could come to a conclusion that um, this or that program um, has not been met, has not been fulfilled, has not been implemented, okay. Um, and then the program needs to be readjusted. Criteria needs to be, uh, need to be readjusted and uh, some conclusions need to be drawn and maybe um, suppliers, um, contracts with suppliers reviewed, um, whatever. But to where, to 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 which extent um, this other more market-like uh, uh, scenario um, takes effect, it's very hard to predict at the moment. But all of this is um, encouraging, in so much as you know, the first time I was in Minsk was I don't know, in 
the 90s and, and you know I'd gone regularly and you can see it improving somewhat but no one's really ever talked about you know competitive processes supply contracts revised on the basis of performance you know it was always just very straightforward coal holds you know communist state centered cost plan planning centrally organized and at least they um, seem to be aware of the the ideas but Again, having talked to the Belarusians, they all said, like, but leave us alone, we're going to do this our own way, which always meant that they were going to do it slowly. Okay, um, here I, I agree with you. Um, the times have changed. Um, the talk you, um, you get to hear in the ministries is different. Um, they are much aware of international <clears throat> whatever trends, best practices, whatever this is called uh, in this specific case. They are very much aware of um, program-based budgeting uh, approach. Um, what they are really lacking is uh, the capacities. They don't have the experience. Um, they openly admit that um, what we have here um, in this uh, specific new legal framework um, attempts to uh, develop specific program documents based on this new legal framework. All this is much of a, a trial and error approach. They simply don't have the experience. They, when, when, when other countries um, have gone through this um, exercise for the past, I don't know, 10 years or so, the Belarusians have not. Um, take one example, um, World Bank supported um, public finance management reform projects. Um, the World Bank is probably the biggest and certainly in that region the biggest uh, proponent of um, PFM reforms in terms of uh, providing the, the technical assistance, the methodolo methodological um, assistance in terms of uh, financing the uh, IT backbone which you need for a new PFM system. Um, the World Bank uh, is active, is doing this um, in other countries for many years already. They have only in in summer this year, I think it was when the World Bank program on PFM reform actually commenced. They have started discussing this maybe some two years ago or something, and they, 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 they are commencing this now, more or less. Now, this is just to illustrate the fact which I, um, which I just made. Um, the government officials in uh, Belarus um, do not only need to get uh, an understanding um, that all these reform measures are kind of necessary. They also need to develop um, or they need to be um, provided with um, the know-how uh, know of simply how to do it. Um, and this is something which, which I have observed I think in all of my meetings, um, and this is regardless of whether you talk rather to middle management, working level in the ministries, or whether you speak to deputy ministers, they all confess that, yeah, but we don't know, we need to learn. This is, this is an ongoing process. We make mistakes. We are aware that we make mistakes. Um, so and there also needs to level out. 
first step in solving a problem is being aware of this. Absolutely, absolutely. This is the encouraging sign. <laughs> <laughs> so, in conclusion, um, it sounds like you're cautiously optimistic, but you want to see the proof in the pudding in terms of the implementation. I do absolutely agree to that. We are cautiously optimistic. That's what we're working for. And, I mean, take the fact that um, we do this program uh, since 2006 already, um, and it's never been really kind of jeopardized. Yes, this is a very tough thing. Um, that country um, is, is uh, not easy to work in. Um, they are making progress, of course, they are making progress, um, but in the case of Belarus, Belarus um, progress is not uh, happening in big leaps. This is very small, very cautious steps. Um, and it's probably uh, appropriate to um, adjust your own pace, the um, consulting consultancy pace um, towards their kind of speed. It's, it's possible for us to help them to speed up a little bit, but it would lead nowhere if we would rush in, into, into that country with double or triple the, um, the speed rate. Um, they, 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 they could simply not follow track. Can I ask a, a very final question, a very pragmatic one? If there is these changes going on, if there are institutions more sort of transparency market orientated, uh, development. Is this the time that foreign investors should be looking at Belarusia? I mean, is there a sort of an awakening of a market there? Because there's been huge opportunities in, in neighboring countries where a lot of money's been made and actually huge progress has been made thanks to the involvement of the private sector. And the trick with all of these Eastern European investments is the timing, getting the timing right. You want to get in relatively early when things are starting to change. Is that time now? I understand your question. <laughs> I'm not in a position to answer that. Um, well, if you are willing to take the risk, probably um, the situation now is better than it used to be before. Um, if, this, if this is indeed the right moment, if this will pay off, um, we will be able to, to, to judge in a year or two or three, I don't know. You think the limitation um, question is going to be start to be clearer in the next year or two? Look, they have um, they have not much choice. They have not much choice, and the external conditions probably um, are are good in in terms of um, there is always uh, chances in periods of of difficulty. Now. The Belarusian economy can no longer rely on that uh, support, on that bailout uh, from Russia. They have to look for other partners, for other markets. Um, the relations, political uh, relations um, of the EU's position towards Belarus has changed thanks to their role they played in the Ukraine um, conflict. So if, if you look, I mean, the, the, the potential um, is as good as it has always been in terms of they still have um, very well-educated people. Um, the geographical um, advantages which Belarus enjoys uh, will not be affected um, anyway. 
Um, there are plenty of reasons to say that, yes, um, look at this market, go there. Um, and the situation is indeed um, moving towards the right direction. And as, as, as you rightly said, if, this was, if, if I was in a position to give you a definite answer, then it would already be too late, <laughs> because then everybody would see um, what, the, um, what the situation is like. Thank you very much for taking the time. Thank you.